0: And so one of the things that I did is I put two pages in here of the bad news in Romans and the good news in Romans.
1: Yep. And I love
0: that it shows the problem and man's solution to the problem, which doesn't work, and then the good news, which is the gospel. Yep. And it's love and grace and the children of the promise and salvation and repentance and faith. And then it ends by saying salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone.
2: Welcome to the Guilt Grace Gratitude podcast featuring Peter Bell and Nick Fulweiler. This is a show about Christian doctrine for everyone from the historic Reformed tradition, delivered by two friends in an unscripted dialogue. Join us as we discuss how the finished work of Jesus Christ changes everything.
3: Real quick before we begin this episode, listen to the end for updates on our Santa Ana Reformed Church Plant efforts and our upcoming Bible study on the book of Judges.
2: Hello, everyone. Yet once again, it's another day of fresh grace and mercy. This is the Guilt Grace Gratitude podcast, where we bridge the gap to Reformed Christian theology for your listening pleasure. Today is a bonus book club episode, a long-awaited book club episode. We have a repeat guest it is Sally Michael, and we're going to be talking about her new book, More Than a Story Exploring the Message of the Bible with Children, New Testament Version. So, we are excited to have that, this book that we're going we're gonna to talk about here in a few moments. And it is published by Truth 78. And as a reminder, on our show notes, we have a few links. We have a link to Truth 78. Please check that website out. You can find both this New Testament version, as well as more than a story Old Testament version, which we've had on the show before, and you can find some other works that uh, True 78 has done. You can also find a link to the Society of Reformed Podcasters. We are in, uh, a member of It's other like-minded podcasts out there with the same Reformed Doctrine content as well as a local church finder so you can find a local church near your zip code and jump in for a visit or become a member and, and check out some reformed churches near you. So we'll jump in and talk to Sally again. How are you Sally? I'm fine. It's great to be
0: with the two of you again. It doesn't seem like 10 months have passed.
3: I know. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been it's been a little bit. And just just some quick background if you guys haven't listened to our previous episode with her, which was in in January, late January, and was on the more than a story Old Testament. She's co-founder of True Seventy Eight, also also author and director of publishing and training. And she served as minister for children at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis under John Piper uh, and her husband David. And they live in Indiana, Indianapolis, right now. But yeah, we're we're super excited to talk about this kind of a kind of. In a, in a sense we're elongating our conversation from January we're just we're moving on to a different Testament.
2: Yeah. And what's cool is we, yeah, like you said, we had you on in late January and now it's, it's almost the end of the year. So yeah, that's we've right. gone from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So it's good to see you again. Yeah. Just and, like the beginning uh, of the
3: Testament and the end of the Testament.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah. What, uh, give us a little background what's what's happened from uh, the Old Testament version of this of this book and you even mentioned in the page five uh, why does this book start with chapter 21 it's not a mistake so hmm. please uh, let us know yeah. kind of how that starts off
0: well actually starts with chapter 91 and that's because the Bible is one big continuous story. Hmm. And, uh, and however, there were too many pages to put these two books into one volume, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I do want children to know this is a continuation of God's mm. history of redemption of His people. So that's why it starts with 91.
1: Yeah, so that's, was- that's a,
3: that's a good point to, to bring out too. And, um, yeah, it's a continuous story. One redemptive plan of grace in Jesus from the old to new Testament. So even kind of on the writing level, is there, is there anything you learn from, writing the Old Testament version of more than a story into writing the New Testament version of more than a story? Anything you learned from, from writing the first volume into the second volume?
0: Well, you know, I, I love the Old Testament because it really showcases the character of God, yeah. the history of he has with his people. And it also showcases man's need for redemption. And so yeah. going through the Old Testament, built in you the understanding that, there's a big problem here that needs to be solved. And so it's so fun to move into the New Testament to see all those prophecies fulfilled Mm. and see the answer to man's big problem being fulfilled in the redemption through Jesus Christ. So it's, it's just a wonderful journey to put both testaments together, I think.
2: Yeah. Would we be able to go in a little bit, uh, uh, more format. Uh, let us know kind of how this book is laid out, and uh, how how you know what the age group of the children that you're kind of aiming as far as a target.
0: Yep, it's actually the New Testament is laid out much like the o- Old Testament, where there's stories, uh, Bible stories, and then there's an application box. Mm-hmm. And what you'll mm-hmm. notice is the application box in the Old Testament is called that you may believe, or it's called. I'm um, sorry. I'm getting confused here. It's called Making You Wise for Salvation Hmm. because all of those stories are making you wise for salvation. They're building up in the children a base of knowledge so that when they come to the New Testament, the application box is called that you may believe. Hmm. All of these things are written. Why? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that through believing you might have life in his name. And then we also add some nice surprises in between. Some of the chapters things like um the old testament uh foretold or con- foretold the coming of Jesus how the connection between the old and the new testament came
1: yeah
0: bad news in romans and the good news in romans so little little <laughs> additions like that are throughout the book as well
3: yeah and so when when kids come into the new testament um maybe not necessarily the negative way of stating this, but so your average kid coming to new Testament likely doesn't have kind of old Testament background in this. So how, how does your new Testament, I mean, obviously we know that it's a connected story, but how does your new Testament build off of your work and build off the old Testament more than a story?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I, I really do hope that children read the old Testament first because it is a continuing story. I mean, obviously they can create, they can jump in in the middle but it's not going to be as rich if they just start with the New Testament. But um, there are so many references back to the Old Testament that I give in the uh, New Testament showing them how the connections are there.
1: Yeah.
0: So they're constantly being sent back to the Old Testament, constantly being reminded um, that whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction.
2: Hmm. I ended up uh, getting the Old Testament version book for my nephew. And there's a few other people that I personally know got it. And, um, I'm excited for my son who's about two years old when he gets a little bit older and not too much older, hopefully to to read the (laughs) old Testament one and, and, uh, and, and this new Testament one too. And, um, is there any advice that you have from, for a parent like myself or all these other parents out there, or even teachers is also of how to. Uh, provide this information in, in good dosages that might be more mm-hmm. more looking at it more of a qualitative dosage versus just quantitative, mm-hmm. trying to just get, get through it, you know?
0: Yeah, this obviously was not written for two-year-olds, Nick Right. <laughs> you don't your son can read it, but, but <laughs> listen to it. It was written for early school age or m- middle, mm-hmm. you know, grade school anyways. But here's the thing that I always try to tell parents, you're not reading to children. You're reading with children.
1: Hmm. And there's oh, a big yeah. difference.
0: When you're reading with children, you are entering into an experience with them. You're stopping. You're asking questions. You're clarifying things. It's a dialogue. Hmm. You don't just run through the work. You don't want to get the book, the child through the book. You want to get the book into the child. And so I just say, take it at your at your child's pace. When your child starts to get squirmy and loses attention, then just stop. There's nothing wrong with stopping in the middle of a story and then picking it up again. Um, Or make sure that you're reading so you're varying your tone and you're asking questions and um, you're involving the child. And I try to do some of that in the book where I actually have questions that a parent can ask in the middle of the story. Hmm. So it's interactive. It's not just you sit and listen. I'm not just trying to fill their heads. I'm really trying to engage their hearts. And so there, are, there is actually an introduction that actually helps parents, tells parents how to read the book with their children. Hmm. And I think that comes from my education background. I'm a teacher. I'm not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a teacher of children and I love teaching the Bible to children. Yeah. And that's what I want to help parents learn to do is how do you just impart the word of truth in a way that it you're not just getting the words in their heads. You know? I mean, yes, you have to have content to interact with, but you have to
3: interact with that and make it your own. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, thinking through how we use this to teach our kids, um, obviously with the the Bible open in front of us and in connection with the church. Um, But when, when thinking of this book in particular, I know we asked the question, how is your old Testament version of this different than other old Testament um, kind of like kids stories Mm -hmm. before. And it was because some of them take kind of this moralistic idea and looking at David and saying, Oh, how can we be more like David? No, David points to Christ. David points to the righteousness of Christ as the true king. So what, how is, I mean, I know we can't cover all of the other old like New Testament introductions, but how is this different than kind of a, another, another kind of New Testament book that a a kid might pick up and read or his parents might read to them.
0: Yep. That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that because I didn't probably quite catch it the first time when you caught it. You know, so many children's Bible story books, they just string a bunch of Bibles together and they either teach you a moral code so they mm-hmm. speak, or they point to the different people in the stories rather than point to who is God and what is he doing through history. Mm-hmm. And so in the New Testament, for example, I'll just give you one example. Yeah. The story of the feeding the 5,000. Mm-hmm. It is not a story of a little boy sharing his lunch. What <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you often hear, I mean, this, is this uh, nice boy shares lunch. I mean, for all we know, these burly fishermen said, hey, it, we need your lunch. It's, it's the story of Jesus, the son of God, taking what he had, holding it up to the Father and giving thanks to it and multiplying it to feed 5,000 because he is the Son of God and he is sufficient to fulfill all of man's longings. And so over and over in the New Testament, what I have tried to do is one, weave all the stories together to show that they're connected, but also to teach a theology Mm -hmm. and a biblical theology, a systematic theology. So in the text, there are in bold letters truths about God, truths about man, truths about sin, but theological truths that are simple, that children can remember, those bold-faced truths, because I am really trying to teach them theology, um, and not just teach them stories, and I'm also trying to help them to see how it applies to their lives, and so it's, it yes, there are moral lessons in the Bible, but the Bible is much more than moral lessons, it's the authoritative word of God that's life-giving. And, and it is the, the expression of God's character and his dealings with man. And so we want children to see all those things. So, I mean, promises and prophecies and warnings and promises that are in the Bible and fulfillment of prophecy, all of those things. But but underneath it, undergirding it we want them to learn this is the clear, authoritative, necessary, sufficient word of God. Um, and so the tone in the Bible story books are very respectful
1: Mm -hmm.
0: of the word of God. And that's not always true of children's material, Hmm. but we want to give them a respect for the Bible and in including in, in the books are many actual texts. So they actually hear the words of scripture. I think there's like 700 and some Bible texts within Mm. the two books. And um, because my words, what are they? They're, they're just yeah. words, but me, exactly. the word of God into them and they can hear scripture. What a blessing that is. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah,
2: and <clears throat> you mentioned earlier that you're first and foremost, a teacher, which I think comes through in this book in a good way, because rather you lead, you lead with being a teacher in this book. And. Knowing that you have a firsthand knowledge and appreciation for children's the way the children's mind and creativity, but how intelligent they really are at a young age that I think a lot of adults unfortunately don't give them a lot of credit for. Mm, so yeah. you 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 keep it real with them. I should, I could <laughs> say that as as some of the kids might say, keep it real <laughs> where where you you um like you're saying, you tell the Bible and the theology the way it truly is, and you don't try to hide things and and uh, cover things up or make it really fluffy so a or extra soft so that maybe children would be more attracted to it. No, you 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 keep it in a very interesting but true way uh, of how it really is in the Bible, and I, I hope and think that that's what you were going for in and in hoping through when you're working on the book, right?
0: You know, I do think you can. We do underestimate children. They understand a lot more than we think they do. Yeah. I think you can teach them big terms and big words. Um, things like God is incomprehensible, but you have to explain mm. them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can explain them through examples, through definitions, through showing them in a story. I mean, you—if as long as you explain those big words, of course, they get very excited because they know this big word. You, <laughs> yeah. You, you can use big yeah. words. And you can also teach deep concepts as long as you teach precept upon precept and just go in a step-by-step manner. And I think children get excited about that. Children want, they're eager learners. They're like little sponges wanting to absorb everything. Hmm. And so that's exactly what we want to do. We want to fill them up as much as we can, but in, in a way also that makes it understandable for them. Because children are going to make understanding out of something. For example, hmm. I remember one time my daughter was taking notes. She was in grade school uh, when uh, Pastor John Piper was preaching and he was talking about principalities and powers. And she said in her notes, who is principalities?
1: We're going to make sense
0: yeah. out of something. And so we want to explain it so that we're not making miss, we're not miscommunicating to them and giving them misjudgments. And so it's a balance between understanding what they can understand and yet explaining enough that they really get the true understanding Mm. of the text and the true understanding of the Bible. And um, when you're teaching theology to children, that's sometimes a little bit hard because you can't use your best vocabulary.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Or the most precise words that you want to use, you have to use words they can understand.
3: Yeah, yeah. So dig it. I mean, digging into, into how you to how you wrote this book and how you structured this book. I mean, for for the edification of kids and obviously, I mean, parents are gonna learn some stuff from this too. What what was your what was your inspiration? What's kind of your background for like just how this book is structured? How how you wrote this? How you're conveying this information to these kids? Uh, not necessarily what, what books to do, but like what what were some influences in like how you wrote this? How you structured this for these kids? It kind of kind of give a, a parent a background information like a a lens to see how you did this
0: well i'll tell you the first thing i did was i prayed and then i prayed some more and then i prayed some more and i prayed all the way through And the lord show me how to do this show me how to communicate so i'm not just touching head but touching the heart yeah and one of the things that i really was intent on doing was being chronological Uh because children need a kind of a framework to understand Uh this and so i wanted to give them a chronological framework I also wanted to add things other than just stories, because the Bible is more than just a story. That's why the title: more than a story. And so, in the Old Testament, for example, you'll see a chapter in the Psalms, a chapter in the Proverbs. You see the the different books of prophecy. In the New Testament, it doesn't stop with the Book of Acts, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's the historical narrative after the Book of Acts. But then you yep. have all, all the letters in the New Testament. And what are those letters saying about Christian living and about our hope, our future hope? And so I wanted them not only to get the stories, but the teachings of the Bible. So that, that's how I structured it. I structured it just looking at the whole Bible and figuring out what are the key things that children need to understand as they work through the word of God. Hmm. And, and then I prayed again. I mean, I prayed through every story, every example, every way of explaining things, um,
3: and a lot of people praying for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah we, yeah. we were, we were, we were thinking we we've been thinking through and talking about more than a story, New Testament, a, since we talked to you about Old Testament, but probably really, really, really since the summer we were looking through the catalogs and saying, Oh, when are they putting this up? And I think it was October, September, something like that. We contacted and they said they were just about to contact us to talk about this stuff but yeah it's it's been on it's been on our minds so we know how helpful this has been for other people too well
0: I think one of the things that people will notice if they look through it and I almost don't want to give it away but <laughs> because it's a continuous story the Old Testament ends up with 400 years of silence. yeah and yet it shows then a chapter of where God was not silent yeah. Was still at work. It was Daniel's prophecy being fulfilled as the Roman, the Greek Empire came to being in the Roman Empire, and how that set the stage for the New Testament for the coming of Christ. We got roads so that Paul could spread the gospel. You have a common language of Greek so that he could preach them so many different people groups. And so the New Testament then starts with In the fullness of time, God said, brought forth his son. And I, I just love that, hmm. that continuous flow from Old Testament to New Testament to the New Testament being that now this is what is coming. So we're building anticipation in the Old Testament and then we're seeing a glorious fulfillment in the New Testament through Jesus, his son and the works that he has done and the work of salvation, the cross that he has done and then the birth of the church and then the final end of the wedding piece of the lamb. And it's just, I mean, the Bible is a beautiful book.
3: Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just when you see the whole picture together, which is what I want children to do, your heart just raises in praise. I mean, who but God could think through something like this, you know? Yeah. Oh, and we just get a glimpse of what he's really doing. In his in Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. no, that's great.
2: Yeah, and just so you guys know how to the, how the kind of structure a little bit more and it, like I can visually paint a picture for you. The, the beginning of this book, it starts again at chapter 91, because this is a continuation from the Old Testament. And uh, she has the, she has like a, a, a bold title. So chapter 91, God speaks and sends good news. And then there is a descriptive uh, verse that she unpacks. And so we start off, you know, with Luke 1, 1 to 56. So Luke chapter 1, Verses one to 56. And then she goes on to explain this very well. So a parent, a teacher, and a child can hand by hand walk through this. And they can see photo pictures and their imaginations going crazy. And they're learning um, the, the true biblical story. And you go through about to chapter 156, I think, you know, all the way to the end of the Bible with Revelation. Um. So hopefully, I kind of accurately, you know, (laughs) explain that for you. Feel free to fill in some cracks where I might missed.
0: Well, I think you did a good job, and you are right that it does start with the title and the scripture passage I'm taking it from, and then a a, a verse that kind of is the banner verse for that chapter. But all the way through, there are just highlighted theological truths that children can remember. But what I I really love is that it doesn't stop there, but it has a box where a parent can follow through and apply this truth. So
1: um,
0: there's questions. And and the first question is always, what does this chapter tell us about God? And then, you know, just the biblical truths and then how you look at the verse that's highlighted. and, And then something to think about so that you leave the child not just with that chapter, but hey, here's something to keep thinking about. So we planted in their mind that, um, that that thought that you, this goes beyond just the time you sit down and read, but we want to leave them with a verse and lingering thoughts that the Lord and Holy Spirit can use to just kind of dig it down into their hearts.
3: Yeah, um, and so I was thinking too. I mean, thinking back to the more than a story Old Testament coming into more than a story New Testament, what what were some? Not unexpected, but what, what were some encouraging reports you got from more than a story Old Testament that you're hoping continue with more than a story New Testament?
0: That's a funny question, because, I mean, we heard a lot of great comments from kids, but we also heard a lot of great comments from adults huh. who said, I'm learning so much. Oh, I'm putting things together <laughs> in the Bible I never did yeah. before. <laughs> and that, that's kind of fun to hear. And, huh. and I think some of that's because we've never really been, so many of us have not been taught in a systematic yeah, this is a very systematic way of teaching, and yet very, very approachable way of teaching. But I think the most surprising thing huh. are, are a pastor who said, I, "I've been structuring my sermons around this."
2: Huh. And, wow! And nice.
0: people have said, "We, we have a, we're looking at this with our adult group," and, and yet I also got a, a very endearing note from someone who said his little boy was he was eleven. And he was reading the Old Testament on his own. His dad said, what are you learning from this? Hmm. And he said, I, I'm learning that sin is great, but grace is greater. Hmm. I thought, um, what more could I want a child to learn? Yeah, seriously. So so we've we had very positive. I mean, it's it's very unlike most other children's Bible
1: books. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, it's kind I agree. Of a
0: of, uh, you know, a Bible storybook. Yeah. <sighs> And a, and a systematic theology and biblical theology and the new test, Old Testament, New Testament survey. Yeah. So, you know, I tried to put all that together, and I think there were times I thought my brain was going to explode. <laughs> but, but yeah, that
3: is- and I think too, just to add a little comment on that, it's it's rare to see a children's book that's it's both available for parents. And if a parent either a doesn't have that much theological education and they're not really sure what to, what to make of the Bible. And, and maybe their pastor isn't doing a great job of systematically going verse by verse. This is what the Bible talks about. It's, it's, I think parents yeah might be surprised about what they're learning if they've never been introduced to some of these systematic or biblical theological themes too. So if, if you're listening to this and you've, you've never read a systematic, you have no theological training whatsoever. It, it might be a good avenue for you too, as well as your kid as you're both going through this.
0: And what's really fun is the whole family can learn together. Yeah, because it is very accessible for children as well, especially if a parent is aware of where their child is and stops and explains things when it's necessary. So it's it's really accessible to the whole family, mm. and and that's fun when you have something that children and adults can both learn from.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's understandable to children and approachable to them, and yet parents can get excited about it too because they're learning and growing.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you touched on that because that's something I really want the audience to understand. Yes, this is a children's book, but it is something that all adults, it doesn't matter if you have a doctorate in theology or you're a Sunday school teacher or you're a brand new believer or you're not even a believer yet an adult, as an adult, this book is helpful Um, and, and I think that that's, what's powerful for you really, we like to say this term in our, in our podcast, you bridge the gap. I think you bridge that gap for children to be educated and challenged enough to learn, uh, but not discouraged because it's, it's not, it's, it becomes frustrating that they can't understand you keep it able for them to understand, but you're also keeping it edifying for adults as well. Yeah. Um.
0: Go
1: ahead. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something, go ahead. <laughs> go for it.
0: Well, that's what I tried to do it. And I hope that, I mean, I think if there's any, if there's any praises to the Lord because it was prayed for. And I think the other thing to note is that it doesn't shy away from the hard things. Yeah. I mean, it tells hard truths. Um, the, the the gravity of sin but it also shows the glories of the gospel yeah and, and it tells the hard parts of stories but it tells them in ways that put them in a context so that you see why god does what he does hmm. and that he is holy and his ways are always right and good
3: yeah yeah so i mean my, my last question is as we as we end this out before if, if nick has anything else to add or if you have anything else to add Um, so thinking through this book, it, it kind of, it assumes that a family is going to get together and talk about this stuff. And I'm just thinking you're, you're kind of average, really busy family. Who's not sure how do we even do anything outside of Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons or evenings, whatever it may be. Um, what's some advice about how to use this maybe on a week to week, day to day basis and kind of involving this in the family atmosphere for family studies, family Bible studies, family worship. You know, I, first thing I
0: would do is I would read the introduction, which is not very long. And the note to parents so that you know how to re- use the book it's, mm. it's just a few pages it's not a lot of work but it will help mm. and then there's no preparation for the parent mm. i mean i would hope that a parent would pray and
1: yeah absolutely you
0: know, but 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 really it's grab and go if you want it to be oh, okay where you can just pick it up and start reading okay and and i think any busy parent can do yeah. that because it, it, you open the page and you start reading and you pray you know, yeah. party, the Lord opens your children's hearts and their eyes and their minds. And um, and you just you just enjoy being with your child and reading together mm. and thinking mm. about the Lord together. And I think it does encourage spiritual conversation between parents and child because it's interactive and it's asking questions. And I think all through the book, that's one of the things I'm trying to teach parents. How do you have spiritual conversations mm. with your children? And through there's mm. enough practice through this book but it should become
2: a habit in their homes. Yeah. Yeah. One of my last questions would be, um, I I know you probably enjoyed every single chapter of the old Testament version (laughs) and new Testament version, (laughs) but is there a chapter that you particularly enjoyed uh, even more and look forward to covering and um, you know, you could point out for us.
0: Uh, how do you say what you enjoy most? <laughs>
2: yeah. which yeah, one I of your know. kids is your favorite? But,
0: yeah, but I right. will tell you that I'll tell you one thing. This I can't say. I'll just tell you one thing. Yeah. The story of the last days of Christ on Earth, the crucifixion, is it's very comprehensive, and that's rarely covered in children's material.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And and it's 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 very thorough and. I, what i i think what I love the most is the image of the torn curtain
1: hmm.
0: and we, and I made sure that we got it. the curtain was all the way torn and then you saw the Ark of the covenant hmm. it just, I'm putting all those pieces together and get, walking through that that his, the historical events of the last week of Christ but also the spiritual significance of what he did mm-hmm. it, I mean it was it's it makes you cry just just to read it because it's such a unbelievable culmination of God's plan of redemption and and what he has done for us. Um, So I think those chapters about the crucifixion, the last week of Christ, and and even his chapter about what he tells his disciples at the the last supper that, you know, his prayer for them, you know, it's something we kind of skip over in the Bible, but it's so rich. So all of those chapters right there, I think are yeah. wonderful. And then of course there's revelation, which we all <laughs> we all long for. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Yep. So Yeah.
3: We just had uh, if you know who Tom Freiner is yeah, or Southern
0: here, the for Southern Baptist.
3: Yeah, think. yeah. We just had um, him on last week on Revelation, which is which is oh, fun. His his interview on Revelation will come out a week before yours does. Oh, so they'll learn a little bit about a re- Revelation. They can read about it in your book.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, they got to read a couple chapters
3: before they get there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Well, and
2: and again, I, I love, you just kind of mentioned it again, is how much I, I we were appreciate that you don't shy away yeah. from the, 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 the hard, the big, deep truths that yeah, are in cause the Bible. Yeah, because it makes the
3: gospel even bigger and greater than if you don't have these mm-hmm. hard truths.
2: Yeah, because right. these, chil- these children, um, you know, grade school, middle school, whatever, or even adults, it doesn't matter. We need to know the depth and the seriousness. And God's not messing around what he did. And, um, and, and I think, with, especially with children's books, they might be scared to get too uh, gory or in, in depth with that and be, uh, they try to fluff it up maybe too much. I love how you're just honest about it. Yeah. This is how bad our sin is. And this is how much God had to, what God had to do for it. Yeah. You know, and serious stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: If You minimize sin. Grace is meaningless. Yep. It's absolutely meaningless. And so I just tried to build in these children, just the sense of the weightiness of sin, yeah. but always holding forth. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There's, hope, there's a solution. And, and so I think that by the time you get to the cross, you can't help but rezo- re- rejoice because you know, there's no other solution. Yeah. And I yeah. think if you look at our world today, you see how broken things are, how nothing works, social programs don't work, government programs don't work, because man is basically evil. I mean, mm-hmm. all the inclinations of man's heart are evil all the time. There is no solution other than the gospel. Yeah. If you don't see your sin, if you don't see that you need the Savior, the cross is meaningless to you. And so one of the things that I did is I put two pages in here of the bad news in Romans and yep. the good news in Romans.
1: Yep. And I love
0: that it shows the problem and man's solution to the problem, which doesn't work. And then the good news, which is the gospel. Yep. And it's love and grace and told them the promise and salvation and repentance and faith. And then it ends by saying salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Jesus alone. And boy, if that's the message they get through the new Testament, that's, that's yeah.
3: wonderful. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, uh, yeah. Like, like you were saying, and as we kind of add this out, it's kids are getting a narrative in school. They're getting a narrative from whatever their teachers are talking about. And if they get kind of this disparate disconnected system in Christianity of like kind of moralistic stories that aren't connected, they're going to look at the narrative that, that is connected and say, oh, let's follow this narrative that's connected versus seeing, what I think you're laying out, this connected narrative that the kids can grab onto and say, okay, this is, this is the narrative of all narratives.
0: We have to give them answers and not be afraid to give them a solid, solid foundation because yeah. they're going to be assaulted in ways that we never were growing up. They're, they're going to get questions and philosophies that we never had to face. And, face, and so we have got to
2: Yep. Yeah. 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 And I think the younger that children can understand that they are born into sin Mm -hmm. and they were born bad and they need a savior The earlier in life, they realize that the better. And Mm -hmm. like Peter was saying, and I think you were saying too, is, uh, I think the mistake is in this culture right now is children from a young age are being taught that they were, they're born perfect and good. Mm -hmm. And you don't need and then why would you need a savior? Yeah. So, and
3: you get some of these Christian books that effectively agree with it without saying it versus saying like, no, there's there's an inherent problem with us.
0: But I think one of the problems is, is that parents try to insulate children. Hmm. They want them yep. to be comfortable. I don't want children to be comfortable. No, yeah. I want them to struggle so yeah. that they can rejoice in hmm. the answer that there is. Yeah. I'm, Amen. Being comfortable doesn't serve them at all you can become be comfortable all the way to hell. Really? Yeah, And yeah, there's, there's a certain measure of discomfort in an appropriate way that we should give children, not that we make them anxious, but because we always put forth the hope of this of salvation, but we need to make them struggle, because through struggle, that faith becomes their own.
1: Yeah, and never
0: struggle. And it's just, it's just, it's head knowledge. And I think one of the most scary verses for me in the Bible is um, in Romans, uh, although they knew God, they did not honor him yep. as God or give thanks to him. And, and I just think so many children are growing up in Christian homes in that, in that category. They know about God, but they don't honor him as God or give thanks to him. It hmm. could be foolish in their thinking. Yeah. It's because they've never had to struggle with truth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Sister, I, I'm so glad that you do what you do. And I would, I would be proud to have, you know, you teach my son these things too. And I mean, as a parent, I'll do my, do my part, but it's just good to know that people like you are out there helping educate our children that are new covenant uh, members and and they're very precious in God's eyes and our eyes in the church. And so this is my final question, unless Peter has something else, is just kind of tie, tie it up um, with a good bow. Is there, in your teaching career, um, and I guess we could specifically men- talk about New Testament, but you, could, you can mention the Old Testament too if you want. Is there a certain part of the Bible, uh, a passage, a verse, a chapter, whatever, that you found that? Uh, more more likely than not has a lot of light bulbs go off in children's minds where they finally get the gospel or like it really touches their heart you can see kind of a change is there any any verse or passage that you can think of that has done that
0: you know I I don't think I can say that because I think every child is different and the Holy Spirit works differently in each child's heart I think of my own two children my older daughter was was really drawn by the love of God. So herein is the love of Christ toward us in that while we were yet sinners, herein is the love of God toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
3: Yeah, Romans 5. Um,
0: yeah, my younger daughter, her struggle being a strong-willed child, that she was, although you wouldn't know that today, her struggle was going God's way or going her own way. So she mm-hmm. had a totally different struggle, totally different. And I think every child is different and she struggled with, would she commit her life? Would she obey God? Would she follow him? And I just think every child is different in the Holy Spirit. He uses different verses with different children.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Going through that redemptive plan. They see the problem. Mm-hmm. They see the solution. They see the law. They see the gospel. They see their sin. They see grace.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a good point. That Based on your answer, that's why it's important we... Tell them the whole redemptive story, uh, front to back, the whole Bible, because like you said, you don't know which part might snag their heart that the Holy Spirit knows where, where it's going to happen. So that's why it's
0: important that they know the
2: whole yep. the whole thing.
3: Yeah, you know, the whole yeah.
0: Bible. Kids have surprised me. Some of the lessons that I've taught that I thought nah, didn't hit those kids at all. I find out the next week that was the one that touched a particular mm. child's heart and mm. I thought, really
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I, that's, which shows you it's the work of god it's the work of the holy spirit it's we're just the vessels we're just the vehicle that to, to, to bring the truth to them and and god does the work and that's why i think parents need to really pray as they read through this book with their children
3: yeah well i mean just uh to, to tie a bow on this thanks thanks for coming on thanks for writing the, the second portion of this and and having the idea in the first place and, and working through these stories and and digesting them and giving them to kids uh, in a way that's easy to understand, but doesn't cover up the hard parts because the hard parts lead us to the, to the gospel. So thanks for writing this. Thanks for coming on again, 10 months after your first one. It's, it's, been a, it's been a joy and a pleasure having you on again.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me. I love talking to you guys. I feel like we're on the same page and we, we're we just working towards the same thing that the next generation would, would know Christ and um, be his ambassadors in this world.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a dearth or a, there's an absence of knowledge in a lot of kind of evangelical kids hearts that I think need to be filled with, uh, with the, the hard and the, and the good, the whole redemptive plan. So hopefully this, this book is kind of a, another step in the way for kids to know who, who God is and who he's revealed itself in Christ and the spirit works in their the heart. So thanks for coming on and hopefully we can have you on again soon in the future. Okay. Thank you so much.
0: And bless you. And- uh,
1: keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> we will. Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
3: <laughs> Are you looking for a reformed church in the Orange County, Santa Ana area? We'll be starting our study through the Book of Judges, as well as diving into Reverend Danny Hyde's Welcome to Reformed Church beginning weekly on December 2nd, which is a Thursday at 6.30 p.m. at 4th Street Market in downtown Santa Ana. If you'd like updates and information on joining our core group, email us at Santa Ana Reformed. At gmail.com or head to either guiltgracepod pod or Santa Ana URC on Twitter or find the link in the show notes to learn more.
2: Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode of our podcast, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. And we, uh, as we've said before, we are bridging the gap to reformed Christian theology for your listening pleasure so we would like to make sure this is enjoyed by others around the world and how to best do that is rate and review us on itunes
3: yeah and you after you rate and review or instead of writing and review or doing everything all in once retweeting us on twitter liking us on twitter liking us on instagram following us on both of those platforms because that actually puts in front of people's physical face this podcast, these guests, and most importantly, the gospel, the doctrines uh, that these guests are are
2: bringing in front of you guys. So please do that. It helps get in front of more people. Amen. And hopefully you guys are part of a local church and you're tithing. And uh, after that, after tithing, if you have any means left over, please consider donating to us to make sure our bridge is well paved and maintained and strong and sturdy. As again, we bridge the gap to reform Christian (laughs) theology. Exactly.
3: Yeah. And you guys can find that link on anchor, our official anchor website. If you just go on um, our social media links, it'll, it'll link you to that website. It's also at the bottom of these, this podcast show notes. If you're on this podcast, a specific episode, scroll all the way to the bottom of that show notes and you guys will find a link for this for three different options of donating so we hope you guys can help us bridge the gap pay for shipping get nicer stuff all for the focus of spreading the gospel further yep
2: all for the kingdom of god thanks so much guys we'll see you guys next time